Hey, welcome to another episode of Grace and Truth with Johnny Rollett. Grace and Truth comes from John 1.14, where it says Jesus was full of grace and truth. Join us today on this podcast as we dive into deep revelation and find ways to make it understandable cowboy style simple that's the way i like it and i hope you do too all right let's read children obey your parents all right i'm out i quit i don't want (laughs) to i'm my mother is not watching right now so she'd be like ah no i'm saying this is where all those parents kind of get like i'm telling you you know and I, and there's, okay, but let me just tell you, there's more to this. Let's just read on. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment you promise. What? See? The first commandment you promise. That it may be well with you, and you may live long and prosper. No, that's not what it says. Live long, live long I'm sorry, (laughs) live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Now, turn. I want to, if you notice right off the bat, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then the next word, honor your father and mother, is in italics, which means it's a quote. It's a quote from where? Good question. I'm so glad you asked that question. So if you got your Bibles, let's turn to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. This is important that we find this. Trust me, you're going to want to know where this is because there's more to this story. I love that, that Paul is writing this and Paul is quoting this. All right, Genesis, Exodus chapter 20. And uh, verse 12, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, it says, so Paul is quoting from the Old Testament. I think that's important that some people need to remember that we believe the whole Bible, not just New Testament. And I've got something to say about the whole thing. So just hang on with me. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. All right. Also in chapter 21, in Exodus chapter 21, it's in verse 17. It says, and he who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Okay, so it's it's pretty serious. It's a law. Not to mention, it's in the commandments. <laughs> All right. Now let's let's I want to show you something though. Go to let's I want to show you something in Galatians that Paul also pulled from. Go to Galatians chapter three. Are y'all with me? Galatians chapter 3. Right before Ephesians. Literally right before where we are today. Right before Ephesians. Go 
Galatians, Ephesians chapter 3. Okay. And verse, we're going to start in verse 10 and go to 14. And I want to, I want to read this to you. The law brings the curse. Okay. This is what I want to show you. This is an important little feature. I think sometimes, whew, I want to be careful how I say this because I don't, I don't want to do any damage, but in the grace community, there's always this tension between grace people and law people. And I really don't think there's, there needs to be. I think that, that if you really understood the teachings of Jesus, even over the teachings of Paul, let me, let me just stop, stop right and say something about this. A lot of grace people have a mentality that, that Jesus was teaching law or was about law because he was still before he died. So he's, and, and some of that's true as far as him preaching and teaching to people who are under the law still. But Jesus isn't just bringing law, he's bringing kingdom um, constitution, if you will. He's teaching. He's using law. Law law is something that was never meant. Okay, man, I'm getting myself in a hole already. Let me say it like this. People have a misunderstanding that law was designed as a way to make you righteous before Jesus. And that's not true. The law was never designed to make you righteous. What it did is it allowed you to, to be under grace. In other words, the first thing the law does is it's de it defines what sin is. So it gives us a list of what to do and what not to do. And it helps us to kind of know what is, what is right and what is not right. But otherwise, we'd be just... Oh, I, you know, making up our own stuff. And, and, you know, I can go kill this person because they, you know, whatever. The law was kind of a guideline. And then, and then there was ways to cleanse ourselves, if you will, um, through the law, through the, the, the ceremonial religious cleansings. That was before Jesus because Jesus became Jesus really in a lot of ways brought in the the judicial system by which we are set free. I don't know if I'm keeping you here but I think that the the problem is we have a tendency to think okay so Paul is post Jesus. So Paul is now able to say to to everybody uh, the you know so people are able to say that we should listen to Paul more than Jesus. I want to say this to the grace community of which I am. Get back to Jesus. Get get back to Jesus. Jesus was never 
every teaching of Jesus was always to bring you to the Father's heart. Always. Always, always to get to the Father's heart. And to bring the constitution of the kingdom. And even though Paul's writings are true and good, they do not trump Jesus' teaching. Paul is subservient to Jesus. And it's important that we realize this. So when Jesus says to them about, like for instance, there's a portion of scripture where, where they're trying to catch Jesus. Some of the, the Pharisees are trying to catch Jesus and they say, you know, how, why? He comes and they, they catch their Jesus and his inner crew eating bread. And why, why don't you guys follow the law of elders, law of elders, and have your men, uh, your elders, wash their hands before they eat the bread? How dare you break the law of the elders? And Jesus says, how dare you break the law of God? Ooh, how dare you break the law of God? And he goes on to give them some examples of how they're they're breaking the law of God. And I, I might even have written some of that stuff down. And 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 by doing this and this and this. So Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, but he's also bring he's it, the law is important. Not that not that we we find our righteousness in the law. Our righteousness comes through Christ. And only through Christ. The law was never designed to be our righteous. You didn't what you know what the law did? It made people pious. If they it was almost like a drug, if you will. Okay, so there's over six hundred laws. Alright. If I what happened is it didn't start out that many and they kept having to add stuff and and I don't want to get into all why they added stuff. I've done a lot of learning on all this stuff, but 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 in essence, let's start with the beginning. If if you followed, what happened is, if you follow the law, and, and you followed, let's say, the first 10, right? Or, I'm just walking this out with trying to put it in cowboy terms. Then all of a sudden, you're like, I'm pretty righteous. And it brought a piousness to them, and it felt good. It's like, I am righteous. Look at me. I'm over here being righteous, following the law. I'm pretty righteous. and But then all of a sudden, then more laws and more more understanding and a big the bigger picture. And then what, what would end up happening is you can't. You can't. And it's in essence, it was designed to put the law on our hearts and to show us that we can't become righteous by the law. It's impossible to be righteous by the law. But the law is still good as far as on our hearts and teaching us the, the, the way of the kingdom of God. The law is not good to find your righteousness in, but it is good how to live your life. It's a constitution. There's good things in it like that. Okay? So let's walk on. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to build this out a little bit. So what happens here in Galatians uh, chapter 3, 10 through 14, I want to read this to you. And this is Paul explaining sort of better than what I just did. 
For as many, woo, what happened? Okay, for as many are as are of the works of the law, are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Now, you got to be careful here, because one of the things what we're People will read that and they'll think, oh, wait a minute. If I don't follow all the laws still as a Christian now, then I'm cursed. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that's what was written. He's saying that's what was before Jesus. And he's quoting. That's why you got to pay attention to what it actually reads and what it actually says. Paul's saying it's quoted. It has been said that curses everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But, see, now here's Paul in verse 11. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by what? The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. We're going to come back to that. That's, that's key. Watch this. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does not does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That's what was written. It's not still today. That's not still true today. That was what was written, and it was a prophecy. It was a. It was. It was why Jesus became. There's so much here, guys. When Jesus was hung on a tree, he's literally uh, fulfilling prophecy. He's he's taking the i the understanding of when when Moses was in the desert and God they were getting bit by snakes and God tells him put us put a bronze snake and lift him up and when everyone looks up to the snake they will be healed okay so Jesus is now sees himself as the snake that has been lifted up that brings healing so this this is really I'm just going to say this and then I'm going to I, I'm going to have to be done because it, it, I can see that it's like opening up a thousand other doors. I think that the problem is, first of all, we don't understand the covenant that we are in and we don't fully grasp what Jesus really did for us. And we see him, religiosity or religion sees Jesus only as the judicial side. The gavel has come down. You have been proclaimed innocent. Your sins are, are, are washed away. You've been proclaimed not guilty, judicial. But what people forget is we don't need, we don't just need Jesus, the judicial side. The judge, the the that's we don't just need that side of Jesus. We also need Jesus as a doctor. He's the great physician. Because although we have been saved, set free, 
made righteous by Jesus, the gavel has come down, proclaimed not guilty. The problem is Jesus also understands that in the process of living this life, we have wounds. We have broken bones. We've been scourged, scourged. We've been whipped and beaten, broken. And what religion that religiosity tries to do is tries to only stay on the judicial side. You're free from sin and death. Praise God. And you get to go to heaven. That's your, that's your reward. Yes. But we forget that you also need a doctor, a physician, to come in. This is, this is where the law didn't, the law was fulfilled in Jesus because Jesus was not only this side, he's also the great physician. And he comes in and, and puts salve on your wounds and heals your broken bones. He walked to the cross where he was scourged and beaten and whipped and pierced and broken and bloodied for you and I. And because he's walked through that, he becomes this, this fulfillment of the law, but also he becomes the great physician. Because just because you follow the law doesn't mean, doesn't give you any help for all the brokenness and the pain and the hurt that life causes. How people wound you and beat you and tear you down. And life happens and hurt happens and brokenness happens. And he's not only your judge and jury that sets you free. He's the great physician that came and healed your, your body and healed your mind and healed your life. And set you free not just from the law but from sin and from death and from hurts and from pains and from wounds. He's the wholeness of life. And Paul is trying to get you to see that it's no that you, you're all of the law has been fulfilled in Christ. And the last verse of fourteen of Galatians fourteen says that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ. Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And now you're asking, what, what does this have to do with children obey your parents? I want to show you. Go to Matthew chapter 15. We're almost done. Matthew chapter 15. I hope this blesses you today. I, I'm not sure. I, this is what happens to my brain sometimes. I'll, I'll get off on these things because, you know, I don't know. I love I love this stuff, but Matthew chapter 15, 1 through 9. We're almost done. Just hang on. This is where it all connects. Then this this is Matthew chapter 15, starting verse 1. Then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus, saying, Why do you disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. And Jesus, Jesus answered and said, Why do you transgress the commandment of God? Oh, I love that. Because of your tradition? 
For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and mother. He didn't say the law says. He says God commands, which is part of the law. Can you understand? In other words, he's not just saying follow this law to just follow the law. He's saying that's God's heart. God's heart is for God commanded. It's the constitution of your faith. For God commanded saying, honor your father and your mother. And he who curses the father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, now I want to watch. I want you to see this. But you say, talking about the Pharisees, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from the gift from me is a gift to God. Then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus you have been made to uh, the commandment of God by of no effect by your tradition. And then this is my favorite part. Wait, before we go, I, I, want, I, want, I think I need to explain this. This is what they did. So here they are. This is this is what religion people religious people do. How dare you have your 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 guys not don't they follow the traditions of the elders and wash their hands before they eat and, and they're trying to catch Jesus. And Jesus says, Don't you follow the law of God, the commandments of God? And then he goes on to call them out on something. And I want to explain to you what he's calling them out to see. I'm hoping that you get all the connection here. I Where did I get from just this one little portion of verse? But this is where he got it from. What they were doing is what man does. Is they manipulate the law. They manipulate the, the statutes they man, they manipulate the traditions to fit what they have what they want and what they were doing is they were taking the law which says the commandment of God which says honor your father and mother in essence take care of your mother and your father unto death that's your that's a commandment of God take care of your mom and dad be a family take care of them honor them right and what they did is they had a little section a here and and what and this is so interesting what they did to manipulate it they said okay but but if if you were see they're trying to get money it's always comes back to money if if you were going to whatever amount of money that you were going to give to god okay to the pharisees to their coffers, right? Whatever that amount is, you don't have to, you get forgiven, you don't have to apply that to your, to taking care of your parents. You don't have to, you, so, so if, if you, it's like a little out, you know, if you're going to take care, if you're going to give that money to us, to the church, then you don't necessarily, or as they, as the as old old folks used to say, to the church. If you're going to give the money to the church, then you can deduct that off of how much you need to, how much you need to take care of your parents. And Jesus thought that's an abomination. That's disgusting. What you're doing, and 
here you are calling me out for not having my guys wash their hands before they eat their bread, and you've come over here and created a whole nother side law to to get a, to get out from having to take care of your mom and dad, and you and you're missing the heart of God, which is to take care of your elders and your mom and your dad. Right? Come on, watch this. And so this is my favorite part in verse seven. He says he calls them hypocrites hypocrites well did Isaiah prophesy about you saying these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips but their heart is far from me and in vain they worship me teaching as doctrines the commandment of men not what goes into their mouth defiles a man but what comes out of his mouth this defiles a man Woo! Come on, that's just straight up get you in the gizzard. Oh, I missed verse 10. He then, he, he when he had called the multitude to himself, he then said, hear and understand. It's not what comes out into your mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out of your mouth that defiles this the, the, the man. Because they're talking about the eating of the bread. All right, I know I'm going wild on this, but I just, I'm trying to, to close this out. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 4 as we close. All right? Are y'all with me still? I'm hoping that you're connecting some of the dots or just learning something more about the word today because I just think it's so beautiful. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 says, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. And I just got this right here I wanted to end with. This was a little quote that I got from Paul White. And he says, Fathers are not told to be unreasonable. What about mothers? Paul's silence here shows that us the cultural patriarchy. The father was in charge of the household. Paul does not push against this, but rather leans into it. If we stay too rigid here, we have... We have no idea what is expected of mothers. In other words, when he's talking about fathers here, he's also talking about mothers. And I wanted to end on this scripture right here. In Genesis 18. Genesis 18. I'm realizing that I put too much into one. This is not short today like it probably should be. So... I'm, I'm hoping y'all are just tracking with me. <laughs> this is just a good, I told you, it's just going to be a good Bible study. Genesis 18, and we're in uh, 16 through 19. Genesis chapter 18, 16 through 19 says this. Then the men rose from there and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went, uh, went with them to send them on their way. And the Lord said, I shall... I shall, um, and the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become great and a mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed by him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and, and justice that the Lord may bring Abraham what he has spoken to him. 
And the Lord said, because of my outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah, it's great. So in essence, what, he's, what we're saying here, this is why I wanted to end up on this little part right here. And I'm done. But I, I, I just want to, we're about to get into a very controversial section of the Bible where it's talking about slaves. We're going to do it tomorrow. And if you're too rigid and don't understand, I don't think that Paul ever wanted to be elevated to the level of Christ. He understood that he was subservient to Christ. But, but some of the grace community sometimes because he's in a new covenant, sometimes try, try to focus on his writings more than Christ. But what we have to understand is that Christ wasn't just talking, he was talking to old covenant people, but he wasn't, his heart wasn't just covenant, old covenant. His heart was ushering into new covenant and his heart was fulfilling the old covenant and his heart was bringing kingdom constitution and helping people to see how to live your life in true freedom and the next few verses we're going tomorrow we're going to talk about about slavery and what paul says about slavery and if we're too rigid and we don't understand that when he's when he says fathers are the head of the the patriarchs of the family and he doesn't include mothers that's because in context he was talking to that that was the way that their world was right then and and he isn't leaving out mothers he's by default including the mothers in your understanding so that you understand what the bigger picture is and what happens the Christians today we get legalism and we go in there and we say well then mothers don't really have a word to say and mothers really aren't aren't included in that well if you're too rigid on that then tomorrow you're going to get really upset and I'm just I'm just trying to show you in every verse, every time you read something, if you see parentheses, go and read it. If you see where Paul's theology comes from, go and understand it. Go and dig deeper. Don't just don't just read these verses and 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 when you read them and and you miss the context, the contextual understanding, the exegetical studies of it. You can't just go over something and then place that and 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 come up with your own crazy theology. What was Paul's heart? What was Jesus' heart? What, were, where, where, what was the original intent of the words that, was written, that were written? What is Paul really trying to say? What is Jesus trying to teach us? What is he trying to say when he's calling these guys out? What is he trying to teach us in all these things? Are we just reading over things and not really understanding the heart of the Father? That when Jesus comes and says, Father, forgive them, they've never even known you. Well then... It's because they knew him by law only. And they and they had a piousness to them because they, they were followers of the law. And it's a bunch of crap. It don't mean nothing to them. It don't mean they're, what's coming out of their mouths and what's coming out of their lives is defiling them. Come on. 
And Paul is saying, even the basic thing that Paul is trying to say, children, obey your parents and honor your father and your mother. What's his heart behind that? What's Christ's heart behind that? Why? Why is it important? Here's the one little thing. These letters were not read. In other words, you didn't, we didn't, they didn't have Bibles back then. So children weren't reading this. So why, why is it written in here? It's written in here because the adults would stand in their, in their church meetings, which were probably more like a house meeting, sitting around dinner, and they would say, hey, let's, let's read this letter from Paul. And then there was a section in there to read to the children, like a little Sunday morning service, a Sunday, Sunday school service. What am I? I keep going because I don't know that I'm making total sense on what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm, I, it, all I'm doing is I'm interjecting and showing that Bible study has to really be studied. And you have to f track this stuff down. And you have to find where did they get those quotes? What was Jesus really saying? What's his heart behind this? And what is Paul's point why he included this and what's he trying to why is he bringing this element to the table and what what is really going on here and that's why these bible studies are so crucially important not so that i can find a little scripture and i suggestively pull that out and go around and saying hey you know you gotta you gotta do this and you gotta do that because paul says that that curses a man who hangs on a tree so you better be careful of 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 hanging upside down on that tree there because you know you're going to be cursed i mean as stupid as that sound i guarantee you somebody stupid out there has made that a deal but the whole reason that that's written is because christ said that because it was it was it he he fulfilled that because that was written in the old testament and he became a curse for us so that we would never have to be cursed again. Can you get it? Can you smell what the rock is cooking? I'm crazy. I know. People are like, man, you've gone 43 minutes. You need to sit down and shut it. Love y'all. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. Let's come back together. Hope you enjoy your day. Love y'all. Bye-bye.